Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a super jam-packed special edition of On to the Next One, MMA Fighting's matchmaking podcast. As we are fresh off, let's be honest, the best pay-per-view, the best event of 2020, UFC 256, and there's just so much to talk about coming out of this thing. I am Mike Heck, being joined by the co-host, co-matchmaker, the best friend, and most importantly, the Prince of Positivity, Alex Cadley and AK. This event had it all, and while some things stay the same, a lot of things changed for the UFC on Saturday night in Las Vegas, did it not? We have talked so much about this card already, Mike. We, we did it before. We did previews. We did a pre-fight Q&A. We did a very, very long post-fight show. And you know what? We could do a, sh- we could do a two-hour show every day for the rest of the week just talking about this card. It was so much fun. And, and, and we wouldn't exhaust all the kind of storylines and potential storylines that came out of it. So I'm, I am so ready for today's show. Supersize it. Super, Mike, do people – is that still – I haven't been – I don't eat McDonald's regularly anymore. Is, is supersizing still a thing? Do I don't remember know. that. I don't I think no so. Idea. Yeah, I don't think you say like I don't think you say supersize. No, anymore. that documentary. Remember that documentary, Supersize Me? Yes. That was 16 years ago, man. So that's why I don't know if uh, this term could be long dead. And I think after that, they obviously <laughs> kind of wanted to get away from that that uh, that, that you know that uh, connection. But super. But yeah, for anyone who's our age, remembers it. Supersize this episode for me, Mike. We are because, as you mentioned earlier, we've talked a lot about this card, and we're going to talk even more. It is a supersized edition. We're going to do something we haven't done on the program yet since we started it. And as much as we love doing it every week, there will be no wild card picks because we're going to go through all of the winners. How about that? It's a it's a matchmaking party, an extravaganza, if you will. We're getting into the holiday spirit uh, with, the, as AK said, a supersized edition of the program. And AK, although we're not matchmaking for either guy because they have another date with each other in 2021, Davis and Figueredo. And Brandon Moreno fought to an epic draw, one of the best fights of the year, one of the best title fights in UFC history. And I feel, sir, that it would be a disservice to ignore what those guys did inside that octagon for 25 minutes on Saturday night. 
yeah, look, if for some reason this fight can't happen, uh, you know, if either guy has to withdraw or just isn't available, there's certainly options. I don't even want to talk about those other options, though, Mike. This is the rematch that we should all be thinking about. This is the rematch that has to happen. Dana White, thank goodness, did not dawdle at yesterday's show. He said he uh, after at uh, after Saturday's show, excuse me. He just said he just said yes. That's a fun fight to look forward to in 2021, isn't it? Yes, that's the one to make. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how much time we have to spend on that. It was an amazing fight, one of the best fights of the year. Could end up being one of the best fights of 2021. You know, we might have a front runner already. Uh, so uh, whatever names people are thinking of, and I and I know I know that people are out there cooking up ideas. No, no. Figure, Figgy Moreno too. This is the fight to make. Yeah, and I liked what Dana White said as well because he was asked, "Well, if like Moreno's hurt and he can't be ready, maybe we do Cody Garbrandt." And it's like, no, give these guys as much time as they want as they want. They have they have an open time frame because they just turned around and fought again on three weeks' notice. I mean, it's just crazy. And people still, like the fight was so good that people actually. F- kind of forgot about that i'll admit that i forgot about that too because those guys fought such an epic war like the fifth round they got tired but even if they had like 14 week training camps in that fifth round they still would have fought like that because of the pace they put on it was just such a crazy fight my hat kid could not come off fast enough and uh really looking forward to see what these two guys can do on full training camps when they're healthy in 2021 but incredible stuff from those guys you uh Mike, you had to drop the G-bomb, didn't you? The Garbrandt bomb. But it's worth mentioning because we should say someone who was who weighed in for Saturday's card. A little bonus mat- matchmake for you guys. Uh, a man who threw down the gauntlet on uh, your own show. What the heck? Calling out Cody Garbage. Uh, <laughs> Manel Cape wants that fight. And let me tell you something. If, again, if everyone's healthy, then uh, that rematch for Grado Moreno. And then Cody, Cody Garbrandt. I know he doesn't want. he's not going to want to sign up for this fight, but he should have to. He should have to deal with Manel Cape first before he gets to a shot. Yeah, that's a scary fight. For Cody, if I'm Cody Garber, I'm staying far away no, from that one. But no reason. <laughs> but listen, you don't. He doesn't have the public, like the public appeal and the public support right now. Like he sure. just, he's 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 not even a heel or a babyface. I just don't think yeah. people really care at this point. So him fighting Manel, him just going in there and be like, you know what, Manel Cape, I'll fight you. I'll earn yeah. my shot. I think he would get a lot of support for that. But we'll see what happens. Let's talk Agreed. about uh, the lightweight division. We have a brand new boogeyman at 155 AK. Charles Oliveira absolutely dominates Tony Ferguson. 30-26 is across the board. I actually thought the judges did Ferguson a bit of a favor because you could make the argument that Oliveira got 10 eights in every single round. It was just a dominant performance. Dubronx is no joke. Nine wins in a row. He just did something that we have never seen before. In fact, it was something maybe we thought about, but we just couldn't like imagine it clear enough. But we saw it with our own eyes on Saturday night. What is next for Charles Oliveira after that super impressive performance? Look, Habib is retired. Charles Oliveira is the best lightweight in the world right now. I am I am throwing that out there. I was that convinced uh, yesterday. And by the way, based on the the other uh, six consecutive finishes uh, that he's had during this run, that's just guys. That just doesn't happen at lightweight. Lightweight is the toughest. Has been the toughest division in the UFC for a lot in the world. I shouldn't say there's other. And if you take into account other division, uh, other divisions in other promotions, it is the deepest. It has long been the deepest. You don't finish seven straight people of the level that uh, the Bronx has fought. So he's the he's the best right now, which is why I'm saying whatever happens next, it has to be for a title, whether it's undisputed interim, whatever. He called out for the poor A. McGregor winner. That is the fight to make. I I'm, I'm picking him now to beat either of those guys. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't object to Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler for an interim title, but that's it. I'm not going anywhere outside those four names, and Charles Oliveira and his man- management shouldn't either. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally in agreement with him. I think he he has his finger on the pulse enough to know that 
McGregor Poirier, either that fight will be for the vacant title. It we just haven't. It just hasn't been announced yet. Or the winner of that fight will fight for the vacant title. Either way, like you said, Charles Oliveira's next fight will be for the lightweight title. If Habib somehow comes back, it's Habib versus Oliveira. The man leapfrogged everybody last night. I don't care what Justin Gaethje does Dream next. Fight. I don't care what Michael Chandler does next. It doesn't matter. Oliveira's next fight will be for a title, and nothing else makes sense. In fact, if that doesn't happen, I will riot. AK, I will riot. because we've seen some crazy things in the UFC. This is a no-brainer. There's no other option. I don't care whether he speaks English or not. I don't don't care. I just want to see this guy fight. Listeners, this is the magic of recency bias, by the way. We are are crazy for Charles Oliveira right now. Yes, that's right. We are are all in. I don't care. I'm aware. I'm aware that this is recency bias. I can feel it, and I'm trying to counteract it, and I still can't. I want Oliveira fighting for a title. I don't care who against who. Khabib would be a dream match, but any of the guys we mentioned, put them in there, and I, and I want to get gold around this guy's waist before before summer 2021. Is Charles Oliveira on the Mount Rushmore? No, nah, I'm just kidding. That's that's way too. Re- I'm just kidding. That's yes. way too recent. Hey, hey, Hoist. Hey, Hoist Gracie. You're out, buddy. You're, You're yeah. out. You're out of here. He has, he, has, he has more UFC submissions than you. If you guys met in your prime, he'd he'd kill you. So, uh, yes, he's knocked Hoist Gracie off the Mount Rushmore. Put Charles Oliveira's face on there right now. So that is the bright side of that fight. We saw a new star emerge. And as far as Tony Ferguson goes, as I mentioned on the post-fight show, I would like to see Tony Ferguson take a break. Because, and I thought about this a little bit last night before I fell asleep. Sometimes this sport can be cruel. And you can become so engulfed in things that it almost like messes with you mentally. And some of the things he was saying heading into this fight and before the fight and probably like throughout the entire year, a little concerning, if I'm being honest. And Ferguson is a guy who, I, I, and I'll say, I'll, I'll just throw this out there to peel back the curtain. Early on in my career, 2015, 2016, Tony and I did a lot of interviews together. We have the same birthday. Like I'm literally... He was born literally one year after I was born. So we've talked about that a lot. We've had a few conversations over the years about parenthood and being fathers, like just randomly texting each other, like shooting each other, like cool quotes about parenthood and just like striving to be the best dad possible. Like Tony's a really good dude, but this sport can just take its toll on anybody, even somebody like El Kakui. With that said, I want to see him take a break, take a long break, stay out of the media, stay out of the news. If training makes you happy and puts you in a good mental place, do it. But just step away from the limelight for a little while. Like Train for the love of training, not to prepare yourself for a fight or set yourself up for a fight. And like I said Saturday night, I don't think Tony Ferguson is done. I think he has a lot left in the tank. I just think the sport and all the craziness within it It's just been chipping away at him over the years. And before the tree falls, I don't want to see that tree fall. Let's let the roots sort of like re-strengthen and then have him come back. Like if you want to go play baseball, go play baseball. If you want to go do something else, go do something else. Just do something that you enjoy and get your mind out of the fight game for a little while. And whenever that happens, give him Paul Felder, who is not a guy who's going to be fighting three, four times a year. I think it would just be a super fun fight. Felder would want it. Ferguson would be up for it. And at the same time, it's a very winnable fight for Tony Ferguson, in my opinion. I like that. What say you, AK? You mentioned it in the Saturday show. It's perfect. Paul Felder, I, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not going against it. It's, it's perfect in so many ways. 
Felder has been saying he's really only looking for big fights. I believe he's mentioned Ferguson amongst a bunch of other names. I think Ferguson was one of the names he's thrown out there in the past. And I think when he initially did, it didn't necessarily make a lot of sense. This might have even been before uh, Ferguson fought Gaethje, though maybe not. I don't know if Felder would have would have said he's he was he was uh, you know he was poised to like you know get in the way of that twelve fight win streak. But but it wouldn't have surprised me if he did. I, I do know this sometimes here. He did mention he wanted to fight Ferguson, and I, and I don't know. And I thought ah, the rankings don't quite line up. Now, two straight losses, Felder uh, coming off a uh, you know short notice loss to, to Dos Anjos. Uh, but yeah, it, it fits the bill. It's a big name. It's the big name Felder's wanted for a while. Uh, it, it'd be really a nice reward for Felder, too, I think, you know, and, and a test kind of see where, where Ferguson is at this point in his career. Because, again, I, I, I think that Oliveira was so dominant, and I, I don't want to give all the credit to him and not focus on a lot of the, the talk you see online, like, oh, Ferguson's washed. He's He, he lost to Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira, all right? Those are those guys are really good. If you lose those guys, there's no shame in that. He went to the fifth round with uh, with uh, Gaethje. He went the distance with uh, Oliveira. It was not competitive. I admit it was not competitive against Oliveira, and that was troubling to see. But I still see him as a top, clear cut top ten guy, uh, and Felder's right up there too. So, uh, and and I think, and the crazy thing is, if this happened a year ago, Mike, we, I don't think anyone would be picking Felder to beat Ferguson. Now, whenever the, this hypothetical matchup happens. I, I think Felder might be favored. Do you agree with that? No, I don't agree. With no, that. still he wouldn't be. No, I just I just Oof. don't think the level of competition is even close to each other. Hmm. Like RDA, like I know RDA is is a player and stuff, but he's not Charles Oliveira. He's not Justin Gaethje. At least not right now. I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he's the greatest lightweight of all time. We just haven't seen it. But I I I, I would have to favor Tony Ferguson in that fight. He's just got way more tools in the toolbox and way more ways to win. But you know that fight's going to end up on the feet, and they're just going to be slinging at each other. It's just a fun fight. Uh, MMA math. Uh, you know, Felder was the last guy to beat. I'm just saying, you know, Felder beat Oliveira. Uh, Oliveira beat Ferguson. So really, you're right. You know what? Maybe this fight shouldn't even happen. Because <laughs> we've, we've done the MMA math already. I think Felder would, would, would kill Ferguson. No, I'm, uh, I'm kidding, of course. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy to me that, that that was the last loss for Oliveira. Now, obviously, I think that, that was, I'm looking now, that was three years ago now. I think Oliveira would win the rematch handily against Felder. But... Uh, it is amazing that that's the great career Felder has. So I think, I don't know, I think Felder's had that, you know, again, that was three years ago, but Felder's got some big wins on there. So uh, I, I'll tell you right now, I would I would pick him, I can't believe I'm saying this, because I picked Ferguson to beat Oliveira. Maybe I'm just course correcting too hard, but I think I would pick Felder to beat Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, it just depends. Like, if they if, if if Ferguson's like, oh, I'm ready to come back in February, I'd, I'd probably pick Paul Felder. Right. But if they did this fight in, like, November or December of 2021... I'm picking Tony Ferguson because that means he took enough time off and he did the rejuvenated, the rejuvenated Tony. Hopefully, hopefully next time we see him, the rejuvenated Tony. Yeah. Tony 2.0. Let's see what happens. But uh, that's that's scary. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is 
you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let us head to the strawweight division. Mackenzie Dern is now 10-1 as a professional MMA fighter. She picked up a gritty, hard-fought, unanimous decision win over Virna Jandaroba, three wins in a row for the number 11 ranked Strawway contender. What do you like for her next, AK? I think I called for this. I think we've called for business fight at least on a couple of other shows. I know this is what I wanted for Dern. I think the last time she went, she beat Marcos. Uh, I, I still want Dern Michelle Watterson. I, I still think this is a good fight to make. Some may argue that with the win over um, uh, Janjiraba that uh, that this fight isn't necessary anymore. Maybe people had... I don't see why they would have Junjit ever ranked higher than Watterson. I think Watterson's accomplishments are are consider more are certainly considerably uh, more notable. But I I still like it. I think I think it's a it's two personalities. I think obviously the UFC likes. They want to get behind. Um, I don't think either woman suffers much with a loss. I think it's a big test for uh, Mackenzie Dern. Certainly on the feet. Uh, you know her stand-up's getting better. But I mean against someone like the Karate Hottie, I think it'd be. I don't know. We, we, we definitely see what, what holes there still were, if any, by the next by the time uh, Dern fights again. Because her striking is getting better, I will say. And, of course, the ground game, just on another level, which uh, which opens up a lot of things for her. So um, I still want to see that fight. I'm sticking with it. I, I've mentioned it before. Dern, Watterson. I don't dislike it. I actually, I, I, if they made it, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, for me, this, this might have been one of the easier picks on the entire card. Um, I saw some folks throw out Tisha Torres. Mm-hmm. I don't love that idea. I'll watch it, but I would rather see the UFC rebook Torres and Angela Hill. I think you do Dern versus Claudia Gedalia. I mean, Gedalia's ranked number six. Gedalia and Dern's interesting. And I know you probably want to slow roll Dern as much as possible and not throw her to the to the wolves, but I think you got to throw her into some sort of deep water. And quite frankly, if I'm buying fighter stock, I'm buying a lot more of Jandaroba than I am Claudia Gedalia. And Dern beat Jandaroba last night. She had a great third round. She showed me a lot in that fight, especially with the grittiness factor playing into it. That's my pick. I think that's it's it's kind of a no brainer in my, in my opinion. I like the Watterson idea. Torres, eh, not too not too fond of that one, but I would watch. But I think Gedalia is the, the the fight to make. I think uh, I think Adele would also be willing to talk a little more ish. You know what I mean? Like Watterson and Dern would just be like two months of uh, a mutual admiration. Oh, you know this person. So, look, they're they're both super nice people. That's that's and that's cool. That's cool. That's I I have no problem with that. That's an inch, but. People look. People like people slinging dirt, and uh, Gadelia, I think, is is low key pretty good at building up views. I think if you, I think if anyone looks at any of her previous fights or even fights that she's been trying to get, she'll she'll take a lot of she'll talk a lot of crap. And uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily think she's crossed the line or anything like that. But she definitely is the kind of fighter who can who can make things personal up until the point of the fight, uh, which is good. She's 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 professionally disrespectful, if that makes sense, uh, Mike. <laughs> I like it. So so I don't mind that either. Yeah. 
As we head to the star of the night, AK, the man who was banned from the show on multiple occasions. Oh, he's back. Kevin Holland <laughs> goes out there in the UFC Apex and he knocks out Jacare Souza. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. Survives on the ground, violently finishes Jacare, gets a bonus, 5-0 and in 2020. Now, last week, I said on this very program, give the winner of this fight to Jack Hermanson, who's ranked number six in the world. And after that performance, I am changing my mind. And I would love to see Marvin Vittori. I don't think that happens yet. But I think late February, March maybe, you headline a fight night card with Kevin Holland taking on Derek Brunson. There's some heat there on Holland's end. Brunson would be crazy to not take that matchup because there's so much hype on Holland right now. I know Brunson wants like a high-ranked opponent. He wants a title shot sometime in 2021. He feels he's not getting the respect he deserves. But if he fought Kevin Holland he, and Kevin Holland's on the other side of that contract, he would be absolutely nuts to say, no, he's not ranked high enough for me. I would go that way. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. There's there's heat there. Uh, Brunson is, for, for lack of a better term, a gatekeeper. You know, uh, that, that guy probably standing in the way of Holland really comfortably moving into a top 12, top 10 spot. Uh, first of all, I, I, I still regret lifting the ban on Holland. For anyone who uh, doesn't remember, we, we have banned him because he's willing to take a fight at any time, thus making our matchmaking speculation pointless and having us waste our breath. But you're right. His performance was so good. Uh, the knockout was incredible, and it was such a big-name opponent that, fine, he's allowed to return, even though he'll probably end up friggin' booking himself against, like, uh, Trevor Smith or something for uh, on the first show in January. All right? we, we just don't know with this guy. What's the point? What's the point? But, uh, yes, if we are allowed to speculate, um, first off, shout-outs to my, my old roommate, Mitch Sanderson, who sent me a message and said he'd love to see Holland Gaslam, which is a fight I've also campaigned for before. I still think that's a, that's a good one for him, even after beating Jacare. Uh, I do have him jumping over Gaslam in the rankings with, with the with the Jacare win, but uh, but I still, uh, I still think it's a good one. Uh, so, screw it. Like, I'm just going to go with what Holland wants. Screw it. If he wants to come back to our show, give him Hamza. Give him Hamzat, okay? Not yeah. next week. Not for the 19th. Screw it. Screw it. I've been very good about not pulling the Hamzat card every week, all right? I, I'm sure we've mentioned it several times, but this would be such a good fight. It would be such a good fight. It should happen, I think, at 185, even though even though Shemaev is a top 15 ranked welterweight for some reason. Uh, I think it should be at 185. And then, hey, maybe we can end this welterweight thing and, and at least put him in the, in the middleweight rankings for like a, a few weeks. Like, Jesus. But I'm into it. I'm into it. It's they're just it, the, the build would be so good. It, it would it would provide a different kind of, uh, you know, test than, than Leon Edwards. I know people were wanted to see the Leon Edwards fight so we could know what we really had with Hamzat. I think the Holland fight would tell us a lot as well. So um, for those purposes, it would also be great. But uh, yeah, let's let's just give everybody what they want. And have been people calling this for well before I thought it was a good idea. So Hamzat and uh, Kevin Holland. Yeah, I think I think you just kind of immediately make Kevin Holland the backup fighter for that fight. It looks like it's going to yeah. go down January twentieth. That's what Dana right. White says. Um, you know, and if something happens, like you know, maybe maybe they both land in Abu Dhabi and one of them tests positive. You do it at 185, Holland versus whoever's remaining, and just just have him ready, I guess. Uh, I'd like kind of like see Holland take a little bit of a break, if we're being honest. Like wait till February to fight again, but you know that's not going to happen. Like you said, he's probably going to fight, you yeah. know, some guy coming off the Contender Series in his yeah. debut, who was like the fourth replacement for the co-main event of some kind, because that's just who Kevin Holland is. But what a performance that guy. I mean, literally, if you threw Kevin Holland in there with anybody I'm watching, anybody in the top 15, 
I think you can make an argument for it. So I'm down. Let's do it. I need my monthly fix. I need my monthly Holland fix. <laughs> what month did he? He just didn't fight in November, I think. Right? That's like the only one he missed recently. Was it November? Yeah, yeah. Because he fought on Halloween was the last one, right? And he was supposed. Was he supposed to fight in November? Gosh, this guy's crazy. No, no. He's supposed to fight first. All right, it's supposed to be first week of December. Okay, so. Yeah, uh, yeah, Halloween. So he just missed out on November. I'm sure he would have fought in November if he if he could have. Yeah, and the only reason That's he crazy. didn't is because he booked he booked the fight with Hermanson like in early November. August, September, October, December. His last four fights. That is wild. Yeah, what a year That's that man wild. has had. Uh, heavyweights kicked off the main card as Cyril Gan Gan put away Junior Dos Santos in the second round. I'm glad we finally figured out this pronunciation after all this time, but. Uh, I think this is one of those situations where we knew it was going to happen. It was sort of inevitable. We just didn't fully want to allow ourselves to get to that place. But we unfortunately had to see it all go down. Serial gone seven and oh, definitely a super prospect. What do we do here, AK? Uh, gone along with Holland was one of the guys who I think we said uh, when we were talking about the card before was uh, would be his win would would really kind of make. Uh, make him a little bit difficult to match up. Holland, I think, had more options at 185. Gone at heavyweight, once you reach that, once now that you're, you're breaking that top 10, it's all veterans. It's all veterans who probably don't want to fight you. Uh, but, I mean, at this point, I guess the matchmakers have to put their foot down. So I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in on the Gone train. I think he's a future uh, world title contender. Uh, so I'd like to see him face the Alexander Volkov, Alistair Overeem winner. They fight on February 6th. There's, there's a bunch of other veteran options, but that's the one that jumped out to me. That I said, you know what, Overeem will probably hate it, but I also think the UFC would be willing to make Overeem gone kind of a, a title eliminator. Again, that's a very tentative term given that we don't even know when Miocic and Nganu are going to fight. But I think if you dangle that in front of Overeem, say, hey, knock off this young guy, you're back on that. You're definitely at the front of the short list for a title fight. I think Overeem would be fine with it. Yeah, on our little preview show Q&A, I said there's like no no need to rush Gon, slow roll him as best you can, and I'm totally wrong at this point. Like, throw this man into the top five right away. My first choice, if they can make it happen, Derek Lewis. You do Gon versus Derek Lewis if they can't rebook the Curtis Blades matchup. And it all depends on Derek Lewis because it seemed like the plan was doing in January. It doesn't seem like Curtis Blades is going to be ready for January. So if Derek Lewis is like, screw it, I already had a training camp. Like, let's fight. Throw Gon in there and, and and see what happens. I think that is like the top option for me. I feel like they're eventually going to rebook Lewis and Blades at the end of the day. So I'm down yeah, for Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Process of elimination, fun fight. The greener guys in the division in terms of MMA competition. But still, combat sports and striking pedigrees. It's those two guys, in my opinion, Lewis or Rosenstrike. Flip a coin in my eyes. I don't really care. Either of those two make, <laughs> make, make great sense to me. I'm excited for it. I don't know why I keep overlooking the Rosenstrike matchup. Uh, it's it's it was definitely brought up, and I don't know why. I'm just not. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to. Maybe I don't want to see two guys who I think could be, uh, you know, world title contenders derailed. But I'm usually all for that. You know me. I like matching prospects, prospects, contenders, contenders. Uh, so yeah, that's a great suggestion. I don't know. I just for me, it just it keeps not uh, popping up in my mind. Uh, other veterans, I thought of uh, Martin Tabura. He fights Greg Hardy next week. Andre Arlovsky, Ben Rothwell. So again, if you want, like I said, I, I think he's above those matchups now. But when you consider he's only had seven pro fights. I wouldn't be against the matchmakers saying, hey, here's a, like a little bit of a step back from Junior. Uh, and depending on what people think of Junior, maybe it isn't a step back anymore. You know, Junior Dos Santos has now lost four straight fights uh, against very good competition. And the one uh, thing that popped up a lot in the reader suggestions, Mike, Augusto Sakai. People are really into this. It, I, I think he's past that matchup now. 
I think so too. I, I do think that I do think that the junior win. It it, it absolutely don't you know, on paper makes a lot of sense. That, that I mean, you're just seven and zero. That's only seven pro fights, Mike. It seems crazy that we that he is he's pretty much a top five heavyweight or or at least top ten with that win. Um, so Sakai is actually really sensible. So readers, I'm just I'm kind of disappointed in how sensible you're being and how much how much logic you're using. This is not what I come to you guys for. I come to you guys for wild matches that make no sense. Leave the sensible stuff to us. So, uh, but I do want to throw that out there. Sakai was a very very popular choice uh, on on social media. Yeah. I saw that as well. And now that was kind of a fight that that hurt our feelings a little bit. But now let's flip it to the feel good story of uh, the night. Yeah. Cub Swanson, superhero dad. What a performance in his first fight after tearing his ACL, knocks out. A surging, a guy who's been super dominant over the last couple of years, Daniel Pineda in the second round. Cub is one of the truly good guys in our sport. He gets a huge win. This is tough because there's like no reward for this win. You just have to throw him into a tougher matchup. Like you just have to throw Cub into tough, tough fights. I mean, that's just the way that it is. There's no other way around it. 45 is ridiculous. It's so deep. And there's so many guys that are ready to take that next step. I'm ready to do it because his name comes up a lot on the show, a lot of a lot of times in the reader suggestions. And if you're not going to give this this guy a top 15 opponent, which I think he deserves, this is exactly the kind of matchup we need to see. This is the spot for Giga Chikadze, right? AK Chikadze versus Swanson. I just think you have to do it. I absolutely love it. The more I think about it, the more I love it. I'm I'm speechless because. That actually like wasn't my wasn't one of my choices. I, I'm just looking back at my looking back at my data right now. Let's check the tapes here, Mike. <laughs> uh, I think the last time we spoke about Giga, I it looks like I said uh, Herbert Burns, Herbert Burns, or oh, then there's the Jeremy Stevens stuff too. That little feud there. I, yeah, I never suggested Cub. I mean, at the time, I guess we we talked about him. Uh, Cub was still on the shelf, but um, no, yeah, it's a good. I don't. I'm just a good matchup. I I, I don't know if it's as as clear cut for me as it seems to be for you, but I, I wouldn't be against it. It's like you said, it's Cubs whole career is either is again, either fighting top 10 guys uh, or having to deal with prospects. You know, Duho Choi was an example of that. So this would be, this would be kind of another version of that. Um, I'm not against it. The name I really liked, uh, who we haven't brought up a lot in the show because he has been dealing with a pretty severe knee injury. Uh, Josh Emmett. I don't know when he'll be ready to fight again. I would hope by, you know, end of first quarter next year, fingers crossed. But, I mean, Cub Swanson just had a knee injury that kept him out for a year. Uh, Emmett is also a ligament thing, so it could be till next. It could be next summer. But Swanson, I don't think needs to jump back in right away. I'm sure he wants to. So that to me was was uh, I think would be a really great matchup. The other one I love, but the only reason I can't pick it is because uh, I've already kind of stuck to this on another show. I would love to see Cub Swanson and the Korean Zombie. That would oh, be awesome. Man. But but on previous shows, two previous shows, I've said I want Zombie Barbosa, and if I had to choose between Zombie Barbosa and Zombie Swanson, I'm probably sticking with Zombie Barbosa. But uh, would not be against a Swanson Zombie matchup at all. I don't know. Ryan Hall didn't kind of steal the zombie fight with with his brutal trash talk and his <laughs> and his his graphic making on social media. Ryan Hall came up a lot in reader suggestions for in the, as well for several people. <laughs> as, oh. as as he often does, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's head to another bonus winner. Let's head to Rafael Faziv. What a performance he had. Absolutely wow. annihilated Hinato Moicano. This guy is the truth, AK. He is a legit threat at 155 pounds. What would you like to see for Adaman? First of all, why couldn't this be a six-fight main card? Was was uh, Moicano and Faziv not originally on the main card? Am I crazy? Before this week or before when it was originally announced? Wasn't it a main card fight? 
they switched this fight out for Dern Jandaroba. Yeah. Which is fine, which is fine. I, I think Dern Jandaroba it made a lot of sense as a main card fight. Why can't pay-per-views be six fights? Why 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 are fight nights six fights, seven fight main cards? When you have a card that's stacked, why why don't you put six fights on the pay-per-view? I am surprised I, to hear you ask this question, AK. I don't un, I don't understand. Well, there's only ten fights on the card, so I sure. think it was kind of spread out. Kind of fit in that right. early that that one early prelim, right? Like what? what that's that? the thing. That? See, that's the thing Why? that that's what bothered me more than anything else is you did the the, the Barrett Hooper fight, and then you had like the graphic of you know copyright infringement, you know brought to you by whatever. Like it was like two different shows. Yet you had one fight Why? for one show, and then you did the prelims, and then the and then it, I, that makes no sense. I'm with you on that. You know, hey, you know, we, we're not the guys who work at ESPN, ESPN Plus, ESPN Two. Okay, they get paid the big bucks to figure this stuff out, not us. So whatever, whatever you guys are doing down there, whatever, good stuff. But uh, yeah, I would have had I because I, this was such a brilliant performance for Fazee. This is a star-making performance. Which, you know what? Again, I know, I get it. ESPN Two, ESPN Plus. Uh, maybe you're getting just as much exposure as people who buy a pay-per-view. So I totally understand why it's it's kind of silly to complain and say, oh, maybe why isn't he showcasing pay-per-view? It's like, okay, fine. Maybe people maybe people saw it on anyway. But uh, yeah. Uh, Phenomenal performance. I I actually had a little bit of trouble with this one, but I and, but I I went with a name which I thought I had matched him up before, but I guess I didn't. He's coming off a loss, but I think he'd be a really good test and a really fun style matchup. I'm going King Bobby Green. Oh, okay. I like it. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna come out and say it, AK. If they threw him into a top 15, top 10 matchup right now, hashtag would watch easily. But I want to see one more really good win before that happens. And I'm with you. It's not always the most fun thing to book a guy coming off a win against a guy coming off a loss. But in this case, it is fine for a few reasons. One, the loss is a super close fight. Two, still a lot of hype and excitement around this guy. And three, I'm selfish and I just want to see it. You match made and threw this guy in there last week, I believe. Rafael Faziv versus Matush Gamrot. Good God almighty, AK. Oh, my Lord. Yes, that's what we're doing. That's the fight. Wow. I this is the second time you've left me speechless. Uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really, really look, there's this is this, you know, again, this is a philosophical thing with with people who uh who who have been keeping up with Fizzy's career. Do do do, the, do he's clearly has top 20 talent. There's no argument there. Does he need to bolster his resume more? I think you and I both agree he does. Because um, I got like again, I, I would put Bobby Green about in somewhere in the top uh, twenty to thirty range. Um, so that's why I think Fazeev is as well. I I think he would need I would have Green higher than Fazeev, of course. So I think he needs to prove it. Uh, and I agree. Uh, someone like Gamrot also probably I would well I wouldn't put higher than Fazeev just because he hasn't fought as many times in the UFC. And this is the this is a UFC very heavy rankings that I make. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean based on his accomplishments outside of the UFC, you could argue he's he's. That this would be a step up flight for Z for Fazeev, not for not for Gamrot. So um yeah, no, I, I like that. A lot of good ways to go with Fazeev. Uh, but like you said, who knows? Then maybe they hot shot him into a top fifteen matchup. He just looked he's looked sensational so far. Sort of lost in the chaos Saturday night was a super impressive performance from Canada's Gavin Tucker. Because AK, it is not easy to beat Billy Corintillo. It's another thing entirely to dominate him for 15 minutes the way that he did. I was blown away by Gavin Tucker's performance. And you know what? Sometimes I shrug my shoulders. I get a little upset when fighters try to do our jobs for us. But in this case, AK, I love it. It makes sense. And I'm going with it. If he wants Bruce Leroy, let's give him Bruce Leroy. Good fight. I dig it. 145 rocks. I'm in. What sticks out to you? I, for some reason, I didn't love that call out. Really? I don't know why. 
Yeah, I it's I should. I have Tucker at 38 in my rankings. I have Caceres at 36. So they're literally right next to each other. Uh, they're both on three fight winning streaks. I don't know why. I I just I had a lot of trouble with this one, by the way. So maybe maybe I I, I should have just taken the taken that logical way out and said Caceres. Somehow, Mike. Somehow I landed on. <laughs> this took a while. Somehow I landed <laughs> on uh, Nate Landwehr, who just missed out on a fight with Evloyev. Uh, I just think it'd be a really cool, fun fight. Maybe people don't think that highly of Landwehr. I do. I'm probably maybe a little too high on him, uh, but I do have Landwehr fairly highly ranked coming off the Elkins win and, and the work he did in M1 Global. So uh, stylistically, I think that'd just be so, so, so much fun. Maybe Tucker would dominate him. I don't know. I don't think so. I think Landwehr's really tough, and I think he'd um, he'd be able to somewhat deal with the wrestling of Tucker. But uh, that's my pick, only because I was just too stubborn to say Caceres. I don't know why. You don't think the UFC is just going to rebook Evloyev and and Landwehr? I think Evloyev's win might have. Did he even? No, he didn't. Didn't fight. On drugs? No, he He didn't didn't fight. fight. The whole the the fight was scratched like three hours before the event started. Yeah, I do. Oh yeah, I totally forgot. That's a big whiff on my part. Uh, they might, they might, but I, but I, I, you know, it was a, it was a lawyer who tested positive. Uh, hopefully he'll be fine. He's not out for too long. But if there, for whatever reason there's any complications and uh, he not necessarily for that for any any anything else, uh, and he's not ready to fight again, then uh, I'd like to see Nate set up as soon as possible. So I'll, I'll, I'm sticking with it. I think Nate Tucker, Nate and uh, Gavin would be a cool fight. Yeah, good, I mean, good fight, definitely. I, I want to see more of Gavin Tucker. He, I mean, just really good just so tactically Amazing. sound and to, to see him outpace billy q that was wild did not see that coming in a million years i thought tucker would win the first two rounds and then billy q would turn it on round three tucker got better as the fight Relentless. went on it was awesome yeah. he is a legit, he's a legit guy to watch uh definitely guy to pay attention to at 145 pounds in 2021 but i'm gonna make this next one easy ak i already said it so i'm just I gonna reiterate it tisha torres treated Sam Hughes accordingly. In fact, she actually looked even better than I expected her to look. I mean, I saw her going in there and cruising to a decision, but she lit Sam Hughes up. And this is the time to say this, like a Christmas tree. Excellent showing. <laughs> I just think they go back to the wall with Angela Hill. That's a fight, a rematch people were excited about. I just think they, they go ahead and do that. What do you think? Yeah, no, very logical. Uh, and by the way, I think what was beautiful about Tisha's performance was Look, she's a smart fighter, uh, not just in the cage. I think when you hear her talk, when you're doing interviews, she's a super intelligent person. Um, and I think she, sometimes she maybe thinks too much uh, inside inside the uh, – and when the opponent facing this, not a bad thing. But against Sam Hughes, I don't think she thought overthought at all. I think she she had to realize this is – you know I, I am one of the best uh, fighters at 115 pounds in the world, and I have been for a long time. Uh, there's no reason for me to think – of like any worst case scenarios here, I am I am the superior fighter, and she went right at. She was throwing Superman punches. She was throwing four, five punch combinations, just lighting Sam Hughes up. She treated it like the mismatch it was, and I think that's and that's why she got her first finish in, in quite a while. So yeah, congrats to her for that. The Angela Hill thing makes too much sense. So so of course I didn't pick it. Uh, it was very logical. I, I knew and I knew you would, Mike. I knew you would. I knew you'd cover that base. I actually liked Gadelia for Torres. And was surprised that this fight has... I'm not crazy, right? This fight has somehow never happened before? Not to... Jeez, not off the top of my head. That's, that's shocking. I just... I, I, I looked at... I was, like, I was like, oh, this would be a rematch. I'm like, if I look this up. Uh, no, somehow they've never fought. No, I, I think... Uh, I think Torres' two, two consecutive wins... I think she's... Uh, again, yes, against less experienced competition, but... 
I think she's earned her shot again at another top ten opponent. I would like to see her against um, against uh, Gadelia. I also think she's a bit too much for Mackenzie Dern at this point. So uh, that's I'll bring that up later. Some readers suggested that, but um, yeah, I like I like Torres Gadelia. I say throw those two veterans in there. I'm into it. Uh, let's see that Gadelia trash talk. Let's see uh, let's see if Torres can finally break into the top. Uh, well, she's in the top ten. Can finally break a little bit further through into the top ten. So that's 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 where I put Gadelia on on uh, the show. Here lies maybe the most befuddling and interesting pick in the history of this program. Chase Hooper, AK. This man, 21 years of age, one of the youngest fighters on the roster, just was able to go to the bar and order an alcoholic beverage, chose to turn that down in lieu of M&Ms and candy and cookies. The man was down two rounds to Massachusetts' own Peter Barrett. Slippery Pete was beating him up. He's fighting very smart. Had his first UFC win in the palm of his hands, AK. He's headbutting fists. He's headbutting fists. And then Hooper comes from left field. Iminari roll. Patience, patience, patience. Fist to, fist to top of head and forehead. He'll hook and taps Peter Barrett out. I felt so bad for Peter Barrett because he knew that he screwed up. He knew that he made a mistake. Crazy comeback for Chase Hooper. The man is a talent on the ground, no doubt about it. He is 2-1 in the UFC. He is 2-1 in the UFC. I cannot believe this. But if this man cannot get his striking, I mean exponentially, otherworldly better, he is going to have a very difficult time. I have no freaking idea what to do here, AK. I spent more time on this one than any other fight on this card. What do you do with this man? Because you, something tells me that the way you think... You got the just the perfect pick here. Uh, sure. Well, first I'll say, <laughs> Peter Barrett. Uh, by the way, I have never seen someone get caught by an Imanari roll, survive, and then get caught by an Imanari roll again in a in a UFC fight uh, or maybe in any MMA fight. And I remember after round two, he was like his him. He was so frustrated with this corner. He was like, "Oh, I can't believe I can't believe that happened. Like, I can't believe that, that he that I let him uh, you know hit me get get me with that move." And then he got caught by it again. So, oh, poor Peter Barrett. He must be so frustrated today. Um, hopefully he's not too hurt and. We see him fight again um, and get, get, one, get one, one more shot in the UFC, I think. But uh, for Hooper, no, I cheated here, Mike. I cheated. I reached into the – I also struggled with this because there's just so many options. I mean I'm just looking at the lower, the lower uh, third of the, of, the, of the featherweight rankings. There's a lot to be maxed up with. So instead I cheated and I dipped into the Contender Series hat. I reached into the hat of random Contender Series names – some of the guys, I'll just gave these are random names, by the way, that who who won contracts on this season: Luis Saldana, Colin Anglin, uh, Rafael Alves. I couldn't tell you much about these guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm just saying, if they threw any of those names in there, I think that'd be appropriate. But then I kind of I shuffled the hat again and kind of came up with someone, a contender series person who has already made his debut. Cana- more Canadian content for this show. One Mister T.J. Laramie. Laramie was heavily favored in his uh, UFC debut against uh, Derek Minner, which I think was insane. I believe he was like a, over a three-to-one favorite, which, again, when you're making a UFC debut, is just wrong. Uh, and he caught caught by submission. He, he was over-eager. I think, um, I, I think anyone who watched that fight will tell you that probably wasn't the best that they've ever, they've ever seen from TJ Laramie. Um, so, yeah, look, he has some rehabilitation to do with his reputation. I think Hooper's the right opponent for him. Uh, and let me, let me add one more thing, Mike, because we were very hard on Joe Rogan and the broadcast team. I, I don't think Joe Rogan was wrong in suggesting that it would be interesting to see where Hooper would be if he was 
building his way up still outside the UFC. He kind of phrased it in a weird way. Everyone was kind of saying, like, are they saying they should cut Chase Hooper? Which isn't really what he was saying. But but I, I, I think suggesting that a 21-year-old with his talent would be better served not necessarily fighting in the UFC right now, I don't think that was wrong. So that's kind of another reason that why I picked the way I did, which was going with guys he would essentially meet on the regional scene if he, if he wasn't part of the UFC right now. Yes. I thought about the Laramie fight, but, I mean, I've watched Laramie fight for years now. I think mm-hmm. Laramie, like, honestly, if the odds makers, like, have any idea what's going on, I, I would, Laramie would be, like, a 9-to-1 favorite for me. Like, I think he would absolutely destroy wow. Super. Like, I think he would. I think he would wreck him. I think he just kind of slipped on a banana peel against Eric Minner, for being honest. No, I really want to see this fight. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is tough because I don't like Hooper's chances against a lot of these guys at 45. I picked I picked Peter Barrett to win last night. I thought he was going to win easily. I thought he was going to cruise. And through two rounds, he cruised. The fight went exactly the way I thought it would go. And unfortunately for Peter Barrett, I think we saw the last of him in the UFC. It sucks. I like Peter. I've known Peter for years. It's unfortunate, but I just think, you know, if we're talking about trimming rosters down, this is a fight Peter Barrett knew he had to win. And the way he reacted to it afterwards, I think he knew that the writing was kind of on the wall. Um, even like the contender series guys you listed, I don't like Hooper against any of them. <laughs> They're good. I, I just like Saldana. I think Saldana ruins Chase Hooper. <laughs> um, Alves, I think ruins Chase Hooper. You know what? I think Colin Anglin beats Chase Hooper too, but that's what I'm going with. The dude had a war. Uh, with Mohamed John Naimov on the Contender Series, one of the best fights in Contender Series history. It was a, it was just these two guys just beat the brakes out of each other. Collins a bit green, super gritty, former hockey player. Collins' story about how he found fighting is pretty cool. He was just driving and saw a sign on the side of the road that said "Come get into a fight," and Colin Anglin <laughs> told his dad, "There's a sign on the side of the road to go get into a fight." And his dad was like, let's go. And they went and Colin Ang got into a fight and fell in love with the sport ever since. So he said, the guy's got a little more experience because Michigan had like a non-sanctioned MMA world for a long time. And Colin was like thrust in the middle of that at a very young age. So Colin's tough. The dude is a scrapper. I think it's a good debut fight for him. Quite frankly, it's the only fight that makes sense. The only other thing you can do and what you probably should do, but it makes no sense because Chase Hooper, although is very popular guy in this company you just bring in regional guys with three no records and just let chase just run through these guys until he builds experience i mean but they've, they haven't done that for anybody else so i don't know i i have no idea see so rogue see rogan was right he should be fighting regional regional he qu- should quote, be what don't go cans uh but i do think i i mike I, this is why we're a team this is why we're best friends because i think we we landed on Colin Anglin. I think our our, math, our numbers combined when we when we with the math together. I think landed on Colin Anglin. And they, look, this is what the I'm glad we saved Chase Hooper for last because this is what the what the listeners came for. They came for, <laughs> oh we, gosh, I, I think a lot of people out there are like, gosh, I hope they they talk about a Hooper Colin Anglin matchup. Well, guys, we've done it. Chase Hooper Colin Anglin uh, matchmakers. If you're listening, the people the people we we've suggested it. The people want it. Book it for Chase Hooper. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. 
and Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now that you say that, let us go to the readers, because I'm sure there's a ton of Hooper versus England suggestions. Oh, I have a a quick check the tapes. Uh, We didn't, well, okay, we didn't nail any check the tapes this week, but I do want to touch upon uh, two names which you've discussed a bit. So uh, Tom Breeze and uh, Omari Akhmedov, I feel like these two guys that uh, when when we had had to talk about them on the show, kind of bounced around a lot of options for them. Uh, And and I only bring this up because I I wanted one of them to fight Sean Strickland. So I'm a little disappointed this match happened. But but obviously, I kind of had them in the same sphere. So kudos to the matchmakers for making that fight happen. Uh, And I don't know what to do with Strickland because I I wanted one of them. So uh, that'll certainly something we'll discuss on on a future show. But um, that's a little check. Any any check the tapes notes you have, uh, Mike? Anything anything that came up this week where you're like, we kind of may have discussed in the show? Not that I can think of. Um, I know we were talking kind of in our Slack channel about Sean Brady being booked to fight Jake Matthews, which I love that fight. I think it's great matchmaking. Um, but none of us thought about that one. Not not one of us. Okay, readers. Uh, I warned a lot of our readers who direct messaged me. I don't know how much time we have this week because we we unloaded. We had to do unpack so much of the of the this card more so than usual uh, of our own picks, Mike. But uh, I'll I'll try to throw these out. Uh, a lot of our regular readers, of course, making contributions. Tristan Gordet always sending me an email. I realize he might be the only one because I haven't said what my email address is on the show. Uh, <laughs> Alex Lee at sbnation.com, guys. That's Lee L E E. So yes, if you want to send me emails, please write go go ahead. It'll get right to that spam filter. Uh, Tristan Gordet. A couple of good ones. He thought about rolling the dice with Hermanson and Holland again. Do you think Holland's beyond that now? Yes. Okay. 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 Wouldn't mind. I, would, wouldn't mind yeah. the fight. I suggested last week that the winner sure. of that fight should fight Hermanson, but I don't know. I, I think sizzle on the stake. I think Brunson's more sizzle. Okay. Uh, and again, you know, we match up winners with winners, right? Uh, this is one which neither of us had mentioned. I I, I do not like it though, uh, and I, I did touch I did touch upon it a little bit. Uh, the Mackenzie Dern Torres, you know, they both won. Uh, I just think Torres at this point, I think she really, really give Dern a lot of problems, and not in a good way. I think she would kind of expose 
uh, Dern. I just don't think that's the kind of striking matchup that uh, that Dern is ready for yet. I know I said Michelle Watterson, but she's a different kind of striker than Torres. I think I think the super fast pace of Torres. I don't know if Dern would have an answer for that right now. Uh, that's the trouble. I just don't think you could throw Tisha in there with prospects you have a lot of yeah like stock into. Like they have, they like Dern. I almost like would rather see like if you want to throw John DeRober in there with Torres. I'm not completely opposed to that, but Dern, I, I just, I think it's, I, I think the UFC sees a lot of Mackenzie Dern. That's a tough, that's a tough matchup. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's that's the, uh, Dern always one to watch, and I think whatever her next matchup is is going to be intriguing. It's it's not an easy one for the matchmakers necessarily, though. I think we again, I think we don't know some good options for them, Mike. Uh, Chase Hooper, just listening things from our, uh, I'll run through some stuff listening from our uh, our account. Chase Hooper, a lot of joke suggestions. Uh, someone said uh, he needs to get a girlfriend. Uh, someone said he needs to eat a cheeseburger. Uh, boxing, uh, boxing coach. Yeah, okay, you know that's actually not terrible. That's actually not a bad idea. Someone said hook him up, hook him up with Trevor Whitman. Sure, uh, but there was some reasonable suggestions. I liked. Uh, oh, okay. Well, hold on. I'll couple, read a couple of suggestions, and then we have a fighter. We had a fighter call him out. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, Mike. I did not. Uh, okay. Well, we had a fighter call him out. Some of the suggestions I liked were. From at Trotman Picks, Jamie Simmons, sure. Yeah, why sure. not? Again, this is kind of an idea. I don't like this one. From E Porter two six one, Charles Jordan. I think Charles. Oh Jordan my is god, that's probably that's probably good. From Julio Cesar Febles Romero, this guy. This is going to sound crazy because I think he's has a bit much bigger reputation, has a lot more experience in combat sports, but Cron Gracie. Uh, Crone, Crone Gracie. It would only be huh. a grappling matchup. I mean, I think it's a grappling matchup where he would destroy Chase Hooper. But I mean, if we're talking about something where we wouldn't have to see Chase Hooper's kind of striking deficiencies, I guess that's one. So you know, Julio Cesar, thank you for that recommendation. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Someone, someone raised their hand. A fighter. He raised hand emoji. Said just a suggestion. Uh, someone who spoke to our own Gee Cruz recently. One Mister. Augusto Tanquino Mendez. Uh, he added Dana White and added Sean Shelby saying, I want this fight. Uh, so he, he's a 135er normally. He'd be willing to go up to 145 to take on Chase Hooper. He's, uh, his, in his interview with Glee, he's mentioned he's had trouble finding fights. He's, he's, he's kind of a dangerous guy on the ground. He's also, been out of, he's also been out of action for a while. So if you're a fighter, there's not a lot to gain from fighting him. Uh, and again, he's a guy who could heel hook you in a second. So um, it, I, I do see why he's probably kind of jumping at any opportunity he can get. So he wants to go up to 145 and fight Chase Hooper. I, I wouldn't like that fight for Chase Hooper either, frankly. No. <laughs> no. I, I, it's just a tough spot for him to be in. It's it just, is. I mean, it is. it's literally Colin Anglin or you just pull guys in from the regional scene. You, 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 you pull a Bellator. We got to tweet out this Angle and Hooper thing. We got to get this heat going. Uh, I'll, I'll have to find a funny, a funny like hashtag for it, but we got to do it. Um, Fazeev, man, people are just all over. Uh, apologies, people. I'm not going to read everyone's names here, but uh, I've seen Dan Hooker. Of course, it's going to be a great fight. I think that's somewhere down the road. Felder, I just don't think Felder would want to take that fight. That's no, no, that's scary. Uh, a returning Kevin Lee, yeah, Kevin Lee would take it. That's a great pick. That I'm to... so mad. I'm um, actually angry oh, right now because well, I thought I about that last night. I'm like, this is the perfect pick. <laughs> this is the perfect pick. The problem with Kevin Lee is we just don't know when he's coming back. Yes, but he'd be so down. You know, he he would love to derail the Fazeev hype train, right? He'd be all in on that. So because that that pick was so you impressed you impressed Mike so much. Uh, thank you, Mahir Nur. 
uh, at Mahir MMA on Twitter. Well done, sir. And uh, someone else said uh, Drew Dober, who, of course, is set to fight Makhachev. But uh, yes, that would be a cool fight uh, for if, if that if uh, Dober Makhachev had not just been booked. So very good. Uh, very good. Fazeev suggestions. I really enjoyed those. Uh, Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson is another guy we asked for. We had a few good suggestions here, some of which we may have already touched upon. Sorry, I just got to bring this up again. Um, Jeremy Stevens. Why did we not suggest Jeremy Stevens? What's up with him? Um, he was hurt because he was supposed to fight Arnold Allen. Stevens pulls out. Arnold is still waiting. I think that they were going to try to rebook that one at some point, but it hasn't been done yet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And then we, also- we then we thought Stevens Chikadze, which made sense too, but it doesn't look like either of them are happening. And uh, the other matchup people liked, we had a couple of suggestions for uh, Barbosa, which I think would also make a lot of sense. Um, again, like I said, I think we've kind of matched up. We've kind of matched up Barbosa on our own already. We kind of matched up Swanson, so that's why we did Swanson separately. But they're not booked. That fight could easily happen and would be friggin' awesome. Uh, Sidil Gan, Sidil Gan. Like I said, a lot of uh, a lot of Sakai. So <laughs> the two matchups, the two most talked about matchups out of the show, uh, I think Chase Hooper and Colin Anglin and uh, Augusta Sakai. And Sidil Gan. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Lewis was also a popular option, so there was some of that as well. Kevin Holland, uh, more Kevin Holland talk. <laughs> Gosh, someone said Sean Strickland. I think just for the trash talk, right? That'd be awesome. That would have been great, like after Halloween. Yeah, it's Holland. I think is past that now, right? Oh God, he's past. Like it was. I mean, uh, Jose with with the well, like the best question of Holland. He goes, goes. Remember after you beat. Fluffy Hernandez, you called out Mickey Gall, and you thought about like <laughs> Kevin Holland's like, yeah, it's crazy, right? He goes, he goes back then it would have been an interesting test. He goes, but if I fought Mickey Gall right now, I would kill him. I would kill yeah. Mickey Gall. I would not put, I would not bet on Mickey Gall in that matchup. Um, I do like, God, I would like to see him fight Sean Strickland someday, but now, now the star, the stars are certainly not aligned for that matchup. But that's a, that's a put extra mics in the cage. If we could mic up their shorts, that'd be great. If they could, you know, have one of those heavy uh, microphone, like you know, the mic packs right on their, right on their shorts, that'd be great. I know it'd probably interfere with the fight, but I think we need it. Uh, definitely want a microphone, uh, an extra, like a boom mic on the, uh, like in the, in the referee's shirt. I think that'd be great. I just want to hear <laughs> every word that those two say to each other. Uh, at Tommy Callahan J4. Tommy Callahan Jr. Tommy boy. Yes. <laughs> uh, Izzy, get ready to hand that belt over. All right, settle down. <laughs> settle down. Love it. How many fights away, you think, Mike, from a... From, uh, uh, we mentioned, we talked about, the, uh, let's say, assuming, for whatever reason, Adesanya returns to 185 uh, next year, for, for whatever reason, whether it's of his own choice or he, he, he loses a light heavyweight and comes back. How many fights away is Holland? I'll tell you what. If they give him Derek Brunson in a main event and Kevin Holland puts him away, he could be one win away. Could be. He's one or two away. It's exciting I'll, to think about. He's one or two away. I think, God, like, I almost I almost want to book Holland Vittori, like, for a number one contender fight, like, right now. Like, I, I honestly think that either of those guys are right there. They're the two most interesting guys in this division that have a mm-hmm. chance to fight for a belt. I love Robert mm-hmm. Whitaker, and I feel like he deserves this shot over anybody right. else. We haven't even mentioned him. How have we not mentioned him this entire show with all this Holland talk, right? Like, yeah, but, not necessarily that they should fight, but that... It's it's like we it's it's almost like we were, we we were talking about Holland like he's passed Whitaker in the rankings, which he hasn't. I don't, I don't think he has. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, but wow. if we're talking about like what fans want to see and draws, right now Kevin Holland is one of those guys, man. Like people want to see him; they're excited to see what's next for him. I don't feel that way about Whitaker. Like, and it's kind of disrespectful to Robert Whitaker because I thought he looked 
really good in the Cannoneer fight. He beat Darren Till. He's had a great year, especially after losing the belt to Adesanya and getting finished the way that he has. I really want to see what would happen if Whitaker and Adesanya fought again. That's a fascinating fight. I mean, but yes. I, man, it's just interesting. 185 is really good. It's really interesting right now. Oh, there's more coming. Our readers, oh, man. I wanted to. I, I, I told you I wanted to do a shorter readers thing, but I just can't. Readers brought some heat again, as they always do. Uh, Chris Stiles on Twitter added both of us, and he had a couple of good suggestions. You probably saw this. Uh, one of them, which was, I, I, I don't want to. I didn't want to say this matchup. I, I had thought about it, but I think people will just find it so boring. But I actually think it's very logical. Uh, Fazeev and Vince Pichel. I, I know Vince Pichel is not the sexiest name at 155 pounds, but he's he's a really solid test for people. Um, Fazeev again, probably with that knockout has has leaped way ahead of in most people's rankings, but not for me. For me, I actually have them closer. Uh, Pichel had that win over Jim Miller, which means a lot to me. Uh, that 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 that's that that has a lot of currency. Uh, so I'm not against that. So Kristal, I think that's a good one. <laughs> he also likes uh, Ferguson and uh, Makhachev. If uh, I guess you know again, not I guess he's not taking into account that's really the, the habib proxy right that's the uh the habib matchup we never got i think unless a lot of people are kind of ha- still hanging on to Ferguson and habib and if there's some way we can get it in the form of uh, Hab- uh ferguson and makhachev then i guess people are gonna go for that i don't know I, I i don't know if i care for that anymore yeah i mean i don't it, it's actually like a pretty sensical pick but makhachev's fighting drew dober i he believe fighting drew dober. correct if Makachev beats Drew Dober, why not? I still want to see the Felder fight just because it's fun and crazy and ridiculous. Yeah. But you know, it just it just depends. That that's a fight that I would love to see Ferguson like take a take a year off before he takes a fight sure. like that. Uh, Harry Lipsky on Twitter. Uh, the, the only, this is a good pick. The only reason it won't happen is against, like we said, I think we think Holland's going to fight well before. I, I don't. We don't know when this guy's going to fight again, but it could be any moment. So that's why I wouldn't pick this one. Holland versus uh, Uriah Hall, Chris Chris Weidman winner. Don't mind that one. Yeah. Probably more so Hall. I don't know if I care for Holland-Weidman. Holland-Hall, I think, would be a fun one if Hall Hall beats Weidman that rematch. But uh, again, February 13th, that's so far away. Holland will have booked two fights by then. So (laughs) it's really, it's pointless. Can you Uh, imagine if Yoel Romero is still on the roster? (sighs) (laughs) I mean the, that the Holland versus Romero is the no-brainer pick, That'd isn't be so it? Much fun. God, that is so much fun. She's bring him back. It's not too late to bring, bring him back. Bring him back. <laughs> bring him back. <laughs> That's another hashtag we gotta go and bring back you. Well, <laughs> uh, Marcus McGahey, our buddy, uh, Gavin Tucker. I like this one too. Uh, Gavin Tucker versus uh, Laron Murphy and uh, Douglas Andrade. That's on uh, January twentieth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in again. I'm not shooting Tucker that far up the rankings yet, so I'm into that. Uh, and Laurent Murphy, if he beats uh, Douglas Andrade, will have had a hell of a start to his UFC career. Yeah, I like that fight. Uh, I had to. I have to mention this guy. We had a first time contributor uh, and longtime listener, Barry O'Reilly. Thank you, Barry. Uh, I but unfortunately, I had to bring up his name to shoot down his idea. He wants to see, and this is a, a delightful idea on paper. Uh, Chase Hooper versus Ryan Hall. Now, unfortunately, I believe they are friends. Uh, they have. Chase Hooper shouted Ryan Hall out afterwards, actually, uh, saying they have trained together. That doesn't mean they can't fight each other. I don't know if they're regular training partners. He just said that they had trained together. Uh, Ryan Hall helped him out a lot with securing that. Like Ryan Hall, the master of the 50-50 position, of course, uh, was exactly, which we saw a little bit of that in, in what Chase Hooper did to uh, Peter Barrett. So 
maybe somewhere down the road, a student versus master fight. You know, once Hall's kind of in the middle of like his 20 fight unbeaten streak, and they kind of need to, <laughs> kind of need to find someone who they think can, you know, who knows his style and can challenge him. Maybe we see a more mature Chase Hooper fight him then. But uh, until then, uh, keep an eye on their social media. Maybe we'll see some some cool sparring footage. But uh, thank you, Barry, though, for the for the suggestion. Yes, thank you. Yeah, fun. Uh, I would like. But they could. Uh, do you know if they're regular training partners, Mike? I don't know if they're like regular, but yeah. I mean, I know they were. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think Hooper's like gone out to Virginia to train with Hall prior to this fight too. Okay. I, so, I would think so. Yeah, that's who he should. That's who he and really every young man. I, when I was twenty-one years old, I wish I had someone like Ryan Hall to look up to. Let me put that. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew Nally also as our last Twitter uh, DMs. Cub Swanson and uh, Sadiq Yusuf. Sure. Is Yusuf fighting somebody? No, he was supposed to fight Barbosa, and then he lost that fight. I'm not sure if there's been rumors of another matchup since then, but um, huh. I-, I haven't seen anything official. Or yeah, Yusuf versus Barbosa is probably yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I don't, I, I'd, and, I'd watch. And I liked Gavin Tucker versus Zub- Zubaira Tukugov. This is Zubaira. There's no way Zubaira is still in the UFC, right? Wait, what happened? Did he did he lose his last fight? He missed. Did, didn't he miss weight and still lose? Oh no, you're kidding. I mean, he lost. Duato, yeah. right? He fought Hakeem Duato. Oh, I don't think he got cut, though. Oh, come on. How is this guy still in the UFC? <laughs> he just made one time. Come on. What do you want? What about um, the whole oh, Connor right. thing? Oh, yeah, the whole Connor thing. Yeah, that's not. that didn't get him in the good graces. I, as far as I know, he has not been officially released. But l- l- let's just say uh, he could be a, a part of the uh, the unfortunate 60 that has yeah. been that has been brought up recently by Dana White. Uh, still, I don't mind that matchup. If he's still on the roster, I could see it happening. If anything, maybe it's a punishment fight for two. Maybe they think Tucker would would beat Tukagov, and it's kind of a now you're going to get cut, buddy. You know, this is this is our you you lose this. Trust me, you're you're done. I have to close out with our friends, our, t- our t- my two best pals on Instagram. Uh, people can find me on Instagram. I don't even use it that much, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I don't. Either. I'm struggling to remember my own Instagram. But if people want to find my Instagram, look for. I think I'm Alexander. I'm, you know, I'm just going to look it up before I mess this up. Alexander KK Lee. So there you go. Alexander 2Ks L-E uh, on Instagram. My DMs are open. People hit me up. I want to see the suggestions. But our, our good pals, Jay Steiner and Jacob Best, always chiming in. Jay Steiner with uh, had a suggestion for Hooper. Uh, Jonathan, JSP, Jonathan Pierce. I think JSP mercs him. Probably. And one which I hadn't considered, but now that I, it was mentioned, Mackenzie Dern and uh, Murata, Kanako Murata. That's fun. Yeah, it's it's obviously they have different levels of UFC experience, but when you take into account uh, what Morata has done outside of the UFC, it probably is it probably is actually a very even matchup and a very strong a grappling encounter. Yes, Mike, uh, Jacob Best on Instagram. I think I have to give him the closing spot because he he mentioned something that I had not thought of. I know you haven't thought of it. I don't know if it's a good matchup, but it's 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 perfect for talking about in our show. Jacob Best wants Tony Ferguson to go up to 170 pounds and fight. Tyron Woodley. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. I I don't know. <laughs> wow. 2020, right? <laughs> oh man. I I no, I Take a second. Take I'm beyond second, speech. But... I'm beyond speech. <laughs> I don't again and 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 look, we're giving him the closing spot here. Not cuz we think this is like a great matchup. I don't know, but it certainly has me thinking. <laughs> I don't know if I love it or hate it. There's no in between. I either love this one I or I hate it. I can't, and I can't decide on which one, which emotion is taking over me right now. 
Ferguson won uh, the Ultimate Fighter at one. That was at, at one seventy, right? Him and him and that was a he was a welterweight uh, season, I believe. Yes, he could do it. it makes <laughs> that means anything. Oh yeah, I, man. I I don't know. I don't know. He'd be giving up a lot of size. I mean, it's, it's one of those times when you saw them step into the cage, you'd be like, whoa, holy crap, like Woodley's got at least like 10, 10 15 pounds on him. But I, I guess, again, you know, this is the old uh, fighter struggling, maybe maybe taking out the weight cut and put him in a new weight class. You see a, you see a, you talked about him taking time off and, 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 and figuring things out and coming back as a new man. Maybe this is part of that rejuvenation, Mike. I don't know, but we are we are putting it out there on the show. Uh, we, 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 we've called us some pretty wild matchups on here. Uh, so this is uh, this is the cherry on the cake this week. Um, Ferguson Woodley at 170 pounds. Wow, that is that's interesting. That's something to think about. That's that's <laughs> Dave, a good Jacob one. Best. Yes. <laughs> now you now you're gonna drive me crazy all day thinking about that one. Um, Boy, pack show. Yeah, keep those suggestions coming as we're over the 60 minute mark. Hit us up on the Twitter. He is at Alexander K Lee. I am at Mike Heck underscore Jr. In terms of matchmaking, we have one more show for the year next week. We do have some fun ideas for the winter break, so stay tuned for that. But join us next week as we discuss the aftermath of UFC Vegas 17. What a ridiculously loaded up card this is. Even losing the Leon Edwards Hamzat Shamaya fight, this one will now be headlined by Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and the surging Jeff Neal. Jose Aldo versus Marlon Vera, the co main event. Chaos Williams versus Michelle Bejeda, and much, much more. A lot to love on this card, AK. Isn't that right? Yeah, this is look. We are not ending on a, on one of those cards where we're going to struggle to come up with matches. We're going to have a lot of storylines coming out of this one. Whether it's whether it's the veterans who win, whether it's uh, some of these up and comers who make a name off of those veterans, we're going to have options. It's going to be a really really fun uh, last proper matchmaking show of 2020 before we get into some of our special programming, Mike, uh, in the weeks to come. Yes, so stick with us over at MMAfighting.com. This is going to be a very fun week. I have a a good feeling about that on all of our various programs and on the website itself. So for Alex Gailey, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here next week once again on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.